Greetings and welcome to the latest episode of the First Day Pod. Join my co-host Leanne Hello and myself, Michael Govier, as we talk with Mikey Ahedo. That's right, Mikey is a counselor in training and is also a Filipino-American. Takes great pride in his cultural background. And we're going to learn a little bit about that. We're going to learn a little bit about counseling, mental health, and not telling you what mental health is or trying to tell you how you should live your life, but to reconsider how do we look at mental health in the United States of America specifically? What's the historical background of it? We'll also cover some social media lessons that Mikey has learned and will share with us on today's show. Mikey is incredibly insightful and he wants to be of service to others. So we really hope you find something useful and insightful from this episode. That's what you get on the latest episode of The First Day Pod. Hello and greetings. Welcome to the latest edition of The First Day Podcast. It's a show about whatever we want it to be. Now, we used to say it was a mental health podcast, but then uh, we realized too many celebrities were doing wellness mental health pods and they kind of ruined it for everyone else. So there's been a backlash like, eh, you know, maybe we shouldn't call it a mental health podcast anymore because people might get the wrong idea. But we do try to focus on sharing life, wisdom, experience. It's about personal stories so that others can be you know, not made better or improved, but at least take a lesson or share an experience where someone might have felt alone or they felt isolated. Oh, I don't, you know, nobody else knows what it's like to feel that way. That's the goal of doing that. So today we have a returning guest. Last year was on the show, or was it 2020? Christ, I can't even. I think it was 2021. Oh boy, I think last year. It, all, it was last year. Yeah. It all blurs together. It's right. It was episode yeah. 54, right? So this is a continuing conversation yeah. with Mikey. Mikey's back in the house. Welcome, Mikey. Yay! If you don't know who he is, he has his Twitter handle right here. That's uh, underscore Kaya Mikey. K U Y A M I K E Y. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Um, no longer diths Mikey. No, yeah, I. Too many people are like, "What does that mean?" So I, um, <clears throat> Kuya is like older brother in Tagalog, and it's got kind of, it's got Kuya. Um, okay, yeah, it's wrong. got kind of different connotations. Like, um, like Janice calls me Kuya, even though Janice yeah. is older than me. But uh, Janice Scurio, Scurio. Yeah. I don't even know. I've, I said her name Scurio. I never said her yeah. last name properly. Scurio. Probably. Yeah. Oh, it is um, Scurio. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I actually don't know. I think it's just a life podcast. But what is uh, what's what's first day? Yeah, you know, first day of the rest of our lives was the original name of the show, mm-hmm. and it was a very long title. So we decided like to that, minimize it. Yeah, first yeah. day. With the, oh, Josh is here. My brother Josh. Hey, Josh. Uh, no Leanne tonight. Well, Leanne will be here. She's having technical difficulties, so right now you have to settle for me and Mikey, and that's okay because we have a ton we want to talk about. But it is a life podcast. It's a it's a life lessons you know experiences we've had in our own lives that we share and you can take it or leave it if you want to be like who cares then who cares that's your yeah that's your prerogative i do what i want to do with my prerogative <laughs> bobby brown i don't know if he's canceled or not either i didn't think about that actually well, who knows? Uh, i like yeah. that song I, who can say we'll, we'll um, go with no for now yeah <laughs> so uh so how have you been uh, for those of you that have never met you, uh, what would you like to let people know about yourself? Ooh, um, well, 
Wow, I don't even know. Like how 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 do you how do you, I guess I'll socially locate myself. Um <laughs> I am a uh, mixed Filipino um who lives in Seattle, Washington or so called Seattle, Washington. Stolen land. Um <laughs> and um you know, on my during the day because you know, I I don't I don't like to be defined by my work either or I don't know if you can call it that. I don't get paid. That's the American way, though, dude. Come on. If right? we don't be defined by our work, what are we really doing here? <laughs> um, so, yeah, during the day, I call it econ. Um, I am a clinical mental health counseling intern. Um, I also write about baseball. Um, Quite well, by the way. Currently. Thank you. And um, you have a new gig. You're at 538. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's right. Um, super excited about that. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that's not going well just in general, you know, pandemic, whatever. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. News. Are you allowed uh, to say that? <laughs> but, um, no, if you can I say mean, it anywhere, you could say it here. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that are going right. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy about some different writing things that I have going on and, um, where my baseball writings at doing a lot of political organizing on the side. Um, and, uh, and I'm getting, I'm getting paid starting next month. I'm moving internships. So that's pretty unheard of in, uh, in the counseling field. Um, hello, Josh. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, things are, things are going, you know, pretty well given the circumstances, but, um, yeah, that's kind of a little intro into me. It's hard, you know, it's hard to, to explain it all in a, a couple of sentences, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's hard if you're on a dating profile to like encompass yourself in a paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they yeah, have prompts now. Yeah. I, oh, they probably, do. Yeah. I'll have to That's show you good. later. Maybe I'll share my screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would love to. Boy, I mean, when I was on. Oh, here's Leanne. Leanne's here. Hi, Mikey. I'm trying to get on there, but I'm watching while I figure this out. Love you, boys. Thank Hi, you, Leanne. Leanne. Yes. Uh, Josh says paid internships are awesome. <laughs> I'm glad to see there are paid internships now. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's something we're still got a long way to go, but yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you about, so I mean, I know you at least a, a decent amount as much as I can know somebody who lives hundreds of miles away from me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I see a lot of myself in you because you have, you're very passionate about a lot of things and, and a lot of that has bled over into social media at times. And we've had some discussions about that. And I've also seen a reduction, at least in my purview, of your um, mm -hmm. expressing things about life, whether it's political stuff, which we all know is like instant fodder for just chaos <clears throat> online immediately, which leads to... But you also have a passion for like meaningful change in the country we live in and the system we live in, which needs to occur, which I completely am with you with. But I'm also 15 years older than you, give or take. 13, 14. And, um, it reminds, I just see it like as a way of like, I, I don't get fired up anymore because maybe I'm just that much more jaded or mm -hmm. not. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I just want to get some of your thoughts on that. It's kind of a open-ended question, I suppose, but yeah, I, um, that's that it scares me. I, I think about the day that, that, that fire goes away. Um, that, that, that flippant part of me that that's, you know, kind of 
you know, sometimes antagonizes people. Um, it's not always good, but it comes from a good place. I think that, I think that everything that we do comes from a good place. Um, they might have negative repercussions, but let me say most things that we do come from a good place. Yeah. <laughs> let me, yeah, I gotta I get avoid getting canceled here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, um, I think before, you know, in, uh, early 2020 and, and, and preceding, I think it was a lot of just, you know, arguing to argue and, and, um, you know, it, there wasn't as much of a, you know, I would say things and, and, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like with a goal in mind, whereas now, I see a lot of my, the things I say politically, I see them as positive propaganda. I see them as ways to, it's not the only thing because there's much more that needs to be done. Um, but I think it's, it is a way of radicalizing people and I think that's necessary. So yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's just different. Um, I do know what you mean, um, for my own mental health. I think I just, <clears throat> I've curated my, um, my, my, my timeline. So I, right. I don't have to see those things that I don't want to see. And, and I don't have the, I don't have the self-control to not engage when presented with it over and over again. So now I'm just not presented with it as much. And I don't have to engage, and that's lovely. And and I I've been having a much better time on social media, um. So that's part of it, and uh, I think, you know, some things transpired that it's just like, yeah, this isn't worth it. So, um, that's it fair. might just be that you know I I'm going about things in a more productive manner now. Who knows though? Because mm. I I still you know. I'll engage. I'll, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell people when they're being fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> As you should. Yeah. I think that's definitely, I'm a blunt person. I'll talk directly and I try to do that as best I can and often as I can. <clears throat> and I also know there's a time and a place, context, the person I'm dealing with, I will you know, maneuver in a way which I feel will be more, I'm, I'm trying to get the, I, don't, I fail it at all the time, but I'm trying to get the most beneficial results <laughs> yeah out of every experience which i don't know what the hit rate on that is maybe 33 percent or something yeah <laughs> but, it's it's not great and that's the thing is i was just like why am i devoting my energy to this um and so yeah. i just i didn't stop but um i hope that know. we know each other when you're 41 or 40 years old i really do i, I mean that first off and then the other reason i'm curious about it is i just want to I just want to see what you're like and what your views are at that point. I wonder if it's just a natural progression of the routine of being a human being in this country, or if it's specific to certain cultural backgrounds or genres or to people who live in certain areas of a country or to people that grew up in different types of families. There could be so many variables where it starts to split off where you really can't pinpoint connective tissue. Yeah. I, uh, I you know I I know people who are about 
you know, around there or a lot older. And um, it makes me, it encourages me. It makes me think that, you know, some things will change. A lot of things will change, but that I'll maintain, you know, a lot of this. I mean, I'm just really passionate about the things that I'm passionate about. Um, But this is one of the the things that are most frightening about living in this country is it, it, it will dull you out. I talked about this a year or so ago on another podcast with some guys who are my age. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, what the fuck happened to us? I, <laughs> I mean, we do have these <laughs> passions, but I started to look around and realize that I had been kind of dulled out and reduced and minimized my, my hope, my desires, because it seemed hopeless and pointless because of all the negative things I've seen around me and the failures of previous generations of people who tried to make meaningful change with uh, mm-hmm. government, whether it was national, fed, you know, federal or local or state wise. And now I looked around and said, Hey, maybe it's the food I eat. Maybe it's the lifestyle I live. <laughs> it could be a lot of things. It's yeah. not just one thing. Yeah. And I, you know, for the most part, I do think that it's a pro- progression. I mean, I think that a lot of people, you know, they might even be on the radical side of things. And and we've even seen, you know, some pretty revolutionary people just, you know, end up literally, you know, like uh, I just watched a documentary in the Philippines. Um, there were two people who who helped co-found, you know, several, several different groups like the New People's Army in the Philippines. And, you know, by the end, um, one of them had had run for. I think mayor or something, maybe a senator. And he ended up at, on the opposite end of the bargaining table, like literally, you know. Yeah. They'll so. just absorb you in. That's one of the big fears. <clears throat> hey, we'll just absorb them in and then we'll give that person what they want. And once you get kind of comatose to it, even if you had them, that's a great example. That really is. There are other people who never did that. And that's why I respect people who've sacrificed actual years. You know, like a Nelson Mandela, for example, who gave up decades of his life to be stuck in a prison. I think, I think that, that's, I mean, that's the ultimate price you can pay. It's really wild. I mean, um, I don't know. I, I think a lot about that and, and, and what that might look like for myself. But like I said, before we started, um, a lot of this stuff, I just, I take a, a, you know, a day at a time, a week at a time month tops like i <laughs> man if if you would have told me three months ago that i would be writing for 538 i would be like mm, i don't believe you <laughs> <laughs> um so i don't know things happen fast um like they my can. internship sites i was i was planning on staying at the one that i'm currently at i got an email uh called within 30 minutes getting the email for my school um within i mean I, I called them we had a conversation within a day or two i was pretty much like yeah i'm I'm gonna switch and that's a huge change and, and really hard for me because i'm a really passive person and i'm like okay if you want me to stay i'll do it but like really you know, yeah yeah your online persona doesn't appear that way to me that's fascinating <clears throat> yeah it depends on the situation um yeah it, it really depends like with two to authority figures. Um, it's pretty tough for me. I'm a people pleaser uh, most of the time. And I don't know. I think that's why it's it's so interesting because I, the people that like, I feel like I'm well-respected 
you know, on in whatever circle that we're generally in our overlap, because for the most part, I treat people very respectfully unless. Hello, Leanne. Hi. So sorry, boys. Continue, Mikey. You're all goody. Um, I was just talking about how, you know, I, I feel like I'm very well respected within kind of our circles. And I think that's because I generally speaking, treat people very well. Um, there are times when I don't necessarily. And I think that's either when I've just kind of been worn down and, and like, you know, lose my cool for a second. It's pretty easy on, you know, on a phone. Um, or when I think people kind of deserve it or, you know, so, you know, like, I think I'm a really kind person. I think I'm a really nice person. Um, but I, I, I think I have faults and I think that they come from, <laughs> no. you know, right. Um, <laughs> who invited this guy? <laughs> <laughs> who did invite me? Was it Mike? It was Mike. Yeah. I think it was me. Yeah. So yeah. I want to talk to you again. I, yeah. You're bringing up some points that are, I'm, I want to ask something I think is almost like, oh, I don't, should I ask this? But if that means I should, then I'm going to, and you can say whatever you sure. want. Yeah. So you're saying there's some things I wish I hadn't done and maybe I was tired sometimes or life just got to me and I was exhausted. And sure. We, when you post something online, it happens, it's done. Oh, okay. Well, there it is. Somebody saw yeah. it or people saw it. I, and you're talking about making change though. So I felt that you were trying to make changes within fantasy baseball. And for those of you that don't know who are watching this or listening to this, in the world of baseball and fantasy baseball, a lot of the talent who actually play the game are overwhelmingly, you know, there, there's a lot of non-whites who are playing the game. But the people who control the game and the gatekeepers who write about it, et cetera, a lot of old white dudes or middle-aged white guys. I guess I'm a middle-aged white guy now. I mean, I'm Jewish, but Jewish is white, let's be honest. So, uh but you, you know, you did things like I think it was the worst white people tournament thing. Did you do that yeah, one that, time? That's, like that's a good example. And I, I thought it was funny, and I thought, I thought it was clear that it was, uh, kind of like parodying, um, uh, Danny Vietti's, uh, because that's basically oh yeah, what he did. That was the point. Is that he was there's this other guy. Putting, yeah, he was basically putting the worst, just the worst, baseball accounts into this bracket, and and putting it forth like these are the best accounts that you got to follow and let's see who wins and like trevor boward win. trevor bauer is a rapist like i you know i i we can we can argue semantics not that you want to argue semantics but people can argue no, semantics I'm... but he I, I i would not call a good person and i would not call a lot of people on that bracket good people that's fair. um and so i was parodying that basically and just saying you know, oh, here's here's a bracket of of a bunch of terrible white people, and it was a little too flippant. Um, my flippancy got the best of me, and and um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that that was the closest I've ever been to like getting canceled out of any sort of space. That was a really bad night. Really? Did you keep the bracket up? Like, how did that work? <clears throat> uh, I was asked to take it down by my. Oh pseudo employer um oh okay yeah i know you okay yeah yeah um yeah okay aaron yeah aaron's here by the way two of my favorite brains right here was introduced to you both through baseball which we're talking about but <laughs> love hearing you guys talk about the rest of your life experiences Leanne good to see you aaron will, will soon be your third favorite brain 
was like, Just I hope that came up before I came on. <laughs> Aaron lives right now. Leanne, we're supposed to like hang out with Aaron. He lives right here in town. We're, he's been trying to wow. get me to hang out with him for like five months, and I'm a total loser or failure. So, oh yeah, he's Aaron, like, one he's day, right? Yeah, he lives up here like 20 minutes north of me. So there's really no excuse except over that, that hill behind you. Yeah, there's massive the hill. As soon as you go over it, the sunshine, we'll meet right there for a lovely brunch. Um, but oh, I appreciate you answering that. Yeah, because that was the one example I was thinking of. And But I actually, you said it was a really bad night for you. Was it because you felt like it? You the backlash was painful for you? Or what do you mean by that? So here's the thing. that That was, I think, the night where I was like, I have to, I have to curate my online experience and I have mm. to, I have to change my notification settings. So it was basically <clears throat> notifications, who I follow, who follows me, mutes, blocks, uh, soft blocks, mm. which is blocking someone and then unblocking them. So they unfollow you, whole thing. People said cruel things to you that night? Oh. Or typed cruel things? I mean, there are, People were, uh, I mean, uh, Modica threatened to kick my ass. Um, someone Ugh. called me mentally disabled. Um, people were, were essentially calling for my head. People were saying I should be fired from a job that I make $10 an article on. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Um, Please don't use that. <laughs> um, and saying really horrible shit like they weren't saying like kill yourself but they were getting pretty close right um, they're insinuating yeah but uh yeah and it was like <clears throat> people with massive followings like draft cheat sending people after me like basically doing the bar stool thing oh and i think actually there were there were some stoolies that were that were coming after me and people were dming me and and saying just like horrible shit and um I believe that I was I every every time someone liked, retweeted, quote tweeted, reply, DM'd me, I would basically get a notification. And yep. so now I've changed that. So um yeah, for sure, Josh. Mm -hmm. Um it's you have to follow me to respond to my tweets. And I believe if I do not follow you or if you like don't have like if you don't have a non-default um, display photo or a random email or a non-verified email or phone number, whatever, there's a bunch of different settings that <clears throat> I just won't get your notification, which sucks sometimes um, because, you know, someone might say like a nice thing about an article but it's like, you know, what's the yeah. what's the cost benefit? And the 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 cost is much more than the benefit. So it's And it's, it's harder like, to meet people, right? I mean, is one yeah. of the reasons I do it is I wanted to connect with new people out there who I mm -hmm. didn't even know existed. And I've learned so I mean, people like you, I didn't know you were out there and now we know each other. So that yeah. that limits that for you, and that's that sucks. Mm -hmm. It is a bummer. Um but it's just the nature of, you know, being online and, and existing in the way that I exist in that space um, for better or for worse. And so, yeah, I um, I just decided, you know, I have I have really bad FOMO, like I have clinical OCD. And so it's really hard for me mentally to do things like that. Um, you do. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and so it was it was kind of tough. But I mean, 
when right. big things are happening, I was like, all right, we're gonna make a change. So, God. When you yeah. don't get those, when you don't get those notifications, do you do they go in like a separate like folder that you can go through and see all of them, or they just you will never receive them? They're just yeeted into the ether. Okay. Um, so I just have to come across them, or um, someone else has to. I don't know if they can like or retweet them onto my notifications, but someone else would have to. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, someone else would have to uh, respond to it mm. and, you know, um, and then I would see it and then I would scroll up and be like, oh, I missed this, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then also muting certain certain words, different hashtag, you know. Um, I've muted a lot of fantasy terms. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, you know, I, I still play a little bit, but I, I have um, formerly renounced myself from the industry space. And uh, I think it's been it's been super nice. Good for you. Yeah, I think about you a lot when I think about my continued journey through it. And then I'm like, OK, well. I am a white dude. I'm also older. I've been around a bit. I'm, I already told you I was, you know less motivated and uh enthused even though i'm known for my energy i guess uh, <laughs> that's just kind of strange that i'm so oh, yeah dejected at times from life but i do think about you a lot because i i do appreciate some of the things you said about trying to change the space and but the problem is some of those things in conversations had to happen in real life too not just online Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much of them, if ever, and I'm not, this is not just about you. I'm just saying overall within fantasy baseball, the people who write about it and talk about it and play it, uh, do any type of content creation for it. How much of them are having these conversations about, okay, what are we doing to grow the game for everybody? Or who are we limiting? Do we realize why we're limiting them or not? I don't know mm -hmm. how much that happens, frankly. And it's just like, okay, well, the season's here. Here we go. You know, we had a lockout, which was a piece of garbage disaster where players basically got screwed again. Somehow they agreed to it, unfortunately, if you ask me. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now the baseball's here. And I, I want to enjoy the baseball because it's here. And I do appreciate the game. And it's a lot of fun. But at the same time, there's all this negative shit that happened with it where mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I can't just ignore that either. So I live in both of those worlds all the time. But I don't think I'm not that I'm special or anything, but I don't think a lot of people are like me. But I feel like you are. I feel like you are for sure like that, too. You definitely get that. If not, probably live more in the other world where you're like constantly thinking about, yeah. man, this is not fair. This is this is a strange place <laughs> when you look at I it think from a certain point of view. I think that's the issue. I think that's what really drove me out is. I mean, I think there's two things. One is that, like, today, um, I saw Fast put up a poll, and it was like, should Kershaw have gone out for the eighth inning or whatever it was? 80% of people said yes. And it's like, his last pitch, his last fastball is 88.5 or 6 or something. Like, it was it was like a changeup for Robbie Ray. Um he could really hurt himself and people just it's 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 not football it's not like modern day gladiators but man people just really want to see just want, want to be entertained and i'm like this is so dehumanizing you know and, and i know that clayton kershaw wanted to go out there but i think robert dave roberts made the right call um and honestly i think if kershaw wants to go out i think it's kind of selfish to you know, we're such a hyper individual society. Um, 
you know, I, I, I don't think that he's thinking. I don't think he's thinking in, like far and very far into the future at all uh, for his team, but also not really for his, himself. So I, I think that was a, a really good example. Um, hmm. Uh, Josh asked a question here. Is fantasy baseball more about the game, but not addressing what might actually happen or what might actually might need to make a change in baseball itself and maybe the fantasy baseball community as a whole? Well, I think they're intertwined. It, it, it's a game about what happens on the field. That's what fantasy baseball is. And then, but then there's a whole culture surrounding it that, <laughs> you know, the game's only played part of the day. The rest of the time is the talk about what you saw on the field that day and I'll, that's what I'm talking about, I guess. And clearly people get removed already just watching the game from from the humans on the field. You throw fantasy baseball into the mix where it's like players are even less real, quote unquote, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people send hateful messages to, you know, tell players to kill themselves or, or threaten their wives on or family members on, on social media. And it's like, what are we doing here? And these are like, some of these people are like fantasy players. Um, I know people who have written articles about players saying that they sucked and weren't going to be good and then tagged them in it. Um, and it's just like, well, at least they're being direct. I will say that. (laughs) And I, um, I've gotten to the point where I'm pretty, pretty intentional about how I talk about certain most players, um, I, I try not to be, you know, I try not to be too dehumanizing. I did, I did call David Fletcher a little rat boy in one article, but I just thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. See? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I try my best to be intentional and, hey, Sam. Yeah, we both know Sam too. Again, I, I have to know everyone. That's my thing. But you guys actually live closer together in Washington. Sam and I have talked on the phone. In fact, one night you guys had just wrapped up hanging out when I talked to him on the yeah. phone. That was we, a few uh, months back. We just went to a Everett Aquasox game within the week. I don't even remember what day that oh. was. Probably last Friday. Who knows? Who knows? You oh, also oh. found your cat. I mean, that was pretty wild. Right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, that. Um, I think he had been lost for several days, and, and he, he comes into my house. Or he's about to walk in, and he goes, Hey, I just saw Benny. And I was like... No, you didn't. I think he saw Queenie, who looks like Benny. Uh, and he's like, no, I think I saw Benny. And I, I walk out and I was like, hey, motherfucker, where have you been? <laughs> and he, I, I open the door and he just like kind of does his little like thing and comes prancing in and eats. I'm like, you are a monster. I love you, but you're a monster. So, yeah, he 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 was the person who who saw Benny. And boy, I think within... I think within a couple weeks he had passed away um yeah oh, shit, that's Sorry. right oops yeah, yeah I, th- no, you're I good. thought about I mean, it as soon as i said that yeah <laughs> you're good uh um you know it's um you have to make decisions when it comes to cats because i don't know is it humane to have cats inside i don't know like are we placing human values on the cats i don't know mm-hmm. Sure um, are. I know people that are definitely doing that. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. My cats live a pretty good life. I feed them like six times a day. Little little amounts. Okay. <laughs> not, like, how big are not, these cats? Yeah. No, just, <laughs> uh, Garfields. You know. Um, but yeah. Um, I struggled with that really badly for a couple weeks, probably a month. Just like 
honestly, I that was harder for me to deal with than my Lolo passing away, my mm-hmm. Lola passing away. Um, one of my my colleagues at Lookout Land, like all that happened within a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the hardest for me. And I think that's because I I had the most responsibility for his well-being and um I felt like I could have done a better job of like going out and searching for him because I just took it for granted. You know, I was like, he'll come back. He comes back every, if he doesn't come back in one day, he'll come back in three or four days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just didn't. And I started getting a barrage of texts and calls and someone sent me a picture of him like laying on his back, which is really, really fucked up. It's like traumatizing. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, um, I really miss him. But I've got him. I've got him cremated. Um, I'm planning on doing a bit of a, a little, some sort of altar, some sort of space um, shrine. Yeah, a little Benny shrine. Yeah. Um, my 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 friend got me a little like pocket book of pictures of him and us. Um, Whatever, sweet. Yeah. So, and I have a shirt. I have a shirt that says Benny. I don't know if if you ever seen the picture, but uh, I don't know if I've seen so that. A little like cartoon picture of him, and you know, my sister got it off Etsy. Oh, cute. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I miss that boy a lot. He was a really, yeah. a really special kitten, but well, cat. He was eighteen months, but he did live a good life. Months. Yeah, Damn. I mean, it was a good, it was a good eighteen months. He spent probably a year of that outside. So, can you share then? Some people, <clears throat> some people are saying. Good God, that's always a part of a lexicon now. It sucks. I will say this. Uh, it's funny, though, in a way, too. Uh, by the way, Leanne's here now. Uh, Leanne joined the show. Uh, for those of you that are here in the podcast version, when her voice popped in, she wasn't here initially, but she figured it out. Good yes. to see you, my love. Hi. Um, I want to know, there's people out there who don't always think, you know, how can you compare the death of a human to the death of a pet? And I'm not saying you have to do that at all, but there are people who think that, when a pet dies, uh, mm. people who get so people get emotional about it, and rightfully so. I mean, they're part of your life and your family and your experience for however long they're with you. I don't know why we have to compare humans and pets and animals so much like like this all the time. Like, well, you know, this is not a human's death. I'm like, why do we have to do that? I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that type of thing, and if you've ever run into people telling you how to feel, which I also is a think is a problem when. Because yeah. like you want to you want to explain people how how you want to give your point of view to them, but to tell them how to feel can really take you down a dangerous road. Yeah, um, I probably used to think the same thing because I haven't had very many pets. Um, okay. I had one Yorkie when I was in elementary school. Parents got rid of him pretty quickly because he he just went one and two everywhere inside, <laughs> and then. They found out pretty quickly that they are not good dog parents. Um, That's a good thing. Actually, quite bad dog parents. Yeah. Actually, not <laughs> really good parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd rather and, that be the case, frankly. Yeah. Um, and um, and one cat growing up that I wasn't particularly close to. So, oh, I didn't. I couldn't tell that your hair was blue. It's, Thank it, you. it blends into the the sky. It looks great. <laughs> the headphones too. Yeah, look, her headphones yeah, are blue. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Just yes. she actually. We have to redo her hair this weekend. It's actually way past. That's yeah. you can't see faded. the roots. You can't see her roots. We shouldn't talk about her roots. So. <laughs> 
but yes. um <laughs> but yeah so i think yeah. i would have said the same thing before but to me i'm an existentialist so it's just like why are our lives more meaningful than a any animal or insect really like mm -hmm. we're all just beings i don't know even like a like a tree like i don't know i think the more that you make the the argument i think the more the sillier it sounds you know um i mean there's a book and i never read it but i heard my brothers talk about it a lot called children of time by like adrian Tchaikovsky, and it's basically just about how like spiders like create this like crazy race and i think i think it made one of my brothers stop killing spiders <laughs> <laughs> but i'm kind of the same i i just went to someone's house like a week or two ago and they were like oh like kill like kill that ant that's on the table and i was like i don't want to kill the ant and they're like kill the ant and i was like all right if you're gonna get mad i'll kill the ant but i think it's messed up <laughs> um and so i i if i don't have to i i don't kill spiders or or insects or whatever um and i kind of think that it is really arbitrary that our lives are valued more than any other animal um because i don't know what the basis is that Ego. it's our race yeah um no it's our we conscious think. we have conscious thoughts so since we we're burdened with it and we have yeah. opposable thumbs that's right i don't know so but that's why we got to kill those deer <laughs> And that's kind of the weird thing is I eat meat and I like have no reservations about, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. quite delicious. I must say <sighs> it's really hard. Um, <laughs> I think logically it doesn't make sense. So I just like, haven't really thought about it. I don't know. Um, it's also not. not like all Filipino food is meaty. Like, all Oh, meat. you're screwed. Everything then. like the breakfast yeah. is all meat, <laughs> like fish, fish, Sausage, sausage, spam. Mm. <laughs> Sounds what, good to me. Gonna, what am I going to do? It's delicious. Yeah. Uh, Leanne doesn't like up, food, so you. she doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah, I would love. <laughs> I already told Sam if we ever come out there. Yeah. So I've got plenty of people that hang out with once I finally. I've never been to Washington State at all, so I've never been to Seattle. It's very it's lovely. I, I think you would you would like it. It looks I know like I would. your background. It does. It's funny because. <laughs> Outside the door here, it doesn't look anything like this, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, but I, I want to get into some of the counseling stuff. So you are an intern working on your counseling degree. And if you didn't know Leanne, he's mostly done. He's almost towards the end. He's getting there. And he's yeah. only got a couple months left to go here. One and he's more, switching his internships. Yeah, yeah, one more semester. Let's and go. then your hours will be completed. Yes, Sam, I'll get off my arse. I agree. I'm sorry. Uh Josh says, the circle of life, plants are living things as well, Mikey, so that could be an argument for eating mm -hmm. meat. <laughs> okay. I, uh, my head's going to explode. <laughs> I, I, There's nothing there's certain you can borders. do. I just want to live. I just want to live too. But then I know that all of my actions have consequences. So mm -hmm. this is what it, the burden of existence, I'll tell you that. But uh, mm -hmm. how uh, how has the journey been here? Because when we talked to you, you were I think you were just getting into it a bit or it was – you weren't as far in, so you definitely have much more experience now. And I want to ask you about the, uh, you know, the self-care aspect. You're talking with people. I don't know if you have a focus or not. Is it just general mental health uh, counseling or because you're not doing so, like specifically women who've been abused or something because there are specialties. At, I thought you were looking into grief. No. <clears throat> um, 
Right now, I am working with uh, mostly adults, but some children with intellectual and developmental uh, differences. Um, the vast majority of the time, that is something that is or looks like autism mm -hmm. or Down syndrome. Um, I think that's really the only... Some sort of, you know, like the diagnoses are, are oftentimes like mild intellectual disability or, you know, whatever. Um, so that is my population right now. And that's a, a population that I have a lot of experience working with um, since early 2018. Um, I've worked with this population. And so I, I decided, you know, I, I'm really interested in seeing what it looks like in a counseling capacity. Um, and... For the most part, you know, I work at a community mental health agency. Oh, um, it's really tough because they are very heavily impacted people, not only by uh, their developmental or intellectual differences, but also in that society doesn't support them. Mm. Um, you know, the level of the support that they get is very low. And so how much can I do for a person who, you know, I'm trying to think of, of what, how, how much can I do for a person who social security gave them a bunch of money? And then a year later they said, Oh, we shouldn't have paid you that pay us it back, pay us tens of thousands of dollars back. And it's oh like, I, I, one of my buddies, um, Aaron Parker, who, who is a psychologist in Seattle, he once told me that, you know, he worked with, I think it might've been during his internship or, or some sort of uh, <clears throat> practice in, in Brooklyn, I think. And he said, you know, with these people, if I could have given them $10,000 over a whole year, that would have done them, or just $10,000, that would have done them much more than I could do with a year of psychotherapy. Mm. And so this is kind of where my, my political beliefs kind of start to blend into all of this is that I don't want to work in these systems because then I'm kind of, per I'm perpetuating the system. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing is like, I'm, I'm doing exactly that and I'm helping drive the machine. Um, <clears throat> yes. It's pretty much, um, exactly. It's, it's like the same thing as the VA, like people are just not supported. And so, um, to me, it's really the same thing as the nonprofit industrial complex, which you know, the critiques of it are that it helps uphold capitalism and it helps uphold all of these problems, even though. Oh, it's a total joke. Yeah. The philanthropy is a joke. It's yeah. a, yeah. it's a, it's a corporatized set. I've talked to Leanne about this. It's drives me nuts. It, yeah. You have one person who stepped out recently and that, that was, uh, wasn't that a uh, Bezos's ex? She actually was like going directly. Yeah. I, I think, what do you think of her? I think she was actually doing a few positive things. At least I, I appeared to be from afar. I think it's the but... same thing. I mean, I, oh, it I was think, okay. I mean, when you when you donate money, you know, you get you get money back. Like it, I don't think there's uh... ever. I don't think it's ever um, uh, altruistic. I don't really believe in altruism. I'm a little bit of a pessimist in that way. 
Uh, well, I was like, why don't we? Why don't I get like a thousand bank accounts from families and just get send them money directly to their bank accounts? <laughs> yeah, I don't Is know that how radical. It works. I I can hardly no, I can... finish my own taxes. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, okay. But, but if you have if you have someone like her who has literally like lifetimes upon lifetimes upon lifetimes of wealth, where who cares how much you ended up paying in taxes because you could pay for it no matter what, it wouldn't matter. And I'm not blaming her. I was actually trying to praise her. This is for everybody: a, a Bezos, a, a Gates, any big time dude who's had so much money accumulated, which is what's wrong with our country, anyways. Is that all this wealth is accumulated into the hands of individuals who have no need for this excessive amount of wealth that they could never give away in a lifetime half the time. So, yeah. Okay. I'll calm down, but <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm moving into a more general population. Um, and I just know so many people that do such cool work and I really want to move towards that. Um, Part of me, I mean, part of me wants to like shave my head and move to the mountains and just never see anyone ever again. But part of me I wants told my to brother do that recently. <laughs> Go on a walkabout for six months. So. Right. Um, part of me wants to just not counsel people and get, you know, just a soul eating econ job and just make money and, and not put any energy into it so I can politically organize and, and spend, you know, my energy elsewhere. So what does um, that mean? Not counseling at all? Then? Does it mean you're getting out of it? That would, that would, what that, yeah, what that would mean. Um, okay. And right now that's not my plan, but I don't know. Maybe that means baseball writing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. great. If you could freelance right enough where you could survive on it and then do the things you actually wanted to do to help yeah. people in their lives, that would be a wonderful life. I completely agree. Hit and me, me and Leanne have, you know, have talked about that a lot. Right there. If you want to pay me, it's. <laughs> <laughs> there it so is. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know really cool people who do, you know, have abolitionist practices within their, their, you know, mental health practice um, and just do a lot of, uh, have a lot of cool modalities that they work with because I sound like, like the more that I talk about these things, the more I feel like Alex Jones, like wearing a tinfoil hat, but <laughs> like, <clears throat> like CBT, a lot of these different modalities are inherently capitalistic because what's happening is they're saying let's attack the the surface level it's very symptom focused so let's let's focus on your symptoms let's get you turned around in six sessions let's get you the fuck out of here it's you not the environment also that also that i read thank you this is getting me pumped mike i read from the apa they have these like sample case notes and and like sessions that apparently happened and and they just kind of anonymize whatever and there was this person who who their parent died when they were like 12 and they're like yeah i just i i don't know i don't get it i i was doing so well and then my parent died and then you know i, I started struggling and i haven't really got better ever since and the person they decided to do cbt and they're like i know what to do which is a cognitive behavioral therapy for those that don't know. Let's let's at, let's attack these thoughts. Let's not address anything that has to do with your parent that clearly has gone unresolved, and let's focus on you, who who is the problem here. And so, again, that's kind of getting at like other things that I'm not able to do in my current setting, which is really like a feminist theories, feminist therapy approach, where it's saying, you know. Let's focus on what you're doing well. Let's see 
what your strengths are. Let's build you up. Let's empower you. Um, let's talk about how your society is not is not doing what it should be, you know, to support you and how it makes sense how, you know, it makes sense that you're depressed because you're super poor because your your society's exploiting you like that kind of thing. So it's inherently political, which is like a huge thing for me. I think that it is unethical for the counseling space to be an apolitical space. And I don't mean that, you know, we need to sit and argue about like Biden versus Trump. <laughs> yeah, not Republican Democrat crap. Yeah. <laughs> but anyone who goes through a counseling prob uh, uh, program is going to talk about sociopolitical problems. And then when you get into the counseling room, you're supposed to drop the, the political and just talk about social problems or, mm. you know, relational things. And that's bullshit. Is that an ethical uh, tenet of certain uh, organizations? Or yeah, let me pull up, let me pull up the ACA code of ethics. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, covered that a hundred times. I never looked into like <laughs> I know you're supposed you know you're supposed to keep your personal bias at home and you know be aware of other cultural backgrounds so that you understand them and can appreciate them and not just you know it's important for you not to dump your yourself directly right. into other people's lives. That part makes sense, but to keep out political. Yeah, I think it is a little bit reading in between the lines. Um, I don't know if it if it says politics specifically, but it definitely talks about like not imposing your values onto clients, which. Yes. Um, personal values. That's fair. Um, so their own uh, values, attitudes, beliefs and behaviors. Um, yeah. And, and the thing is, like the people who are going to benefit the most from not talking about these things are the people in power. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so <laughs> that's the great thing about oh, feminist theory um, is that, you know, the, the focus is not on the individual. Um, I could rant all night long about things like this. There's also like, you know, narrative therapy, which, which kind of takes you out of moves you away from the problem. And, and I don't know. Um, they all have kind of different ways of, of focusing on the environment. Uh, Josh, also, do you believe, Mikey, that there are other avenues that you could make a difference in counseling? Is there? I mean, I think at the end of the day, you have to resign yourself to the fact that you are going to be existing within the system and you are going to be perpetuating it to some extent. That's true of most jobs. Um, and so I think, you know, that's step number one, if you're going about it in the way that I'm going about it, a lot of people, you know, get kind of the white savior complex and, and are like, oh, I'm saving everyone. You know, I'm, I work for a nonprofit. Um, and, okay, well, real uh, quick, I want to mention something on that though, because that does make me yeah. think about if someone does get helped, it doesn't matter. Like I've always said this, like right. if, if charity is provided Maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I need to retune what I'm thinking and saying here because I've always said, who cares what the reasons and motivations are for somebody helping someone? If the person gets helped, that's the bottom line. But you're right. Maybe if they're not actually getting helped and I'm just assuming they are, then maybe I'm, uh, I am we need to re-question. I need to question things and reconsider what I've thought in the first place. Wait, so say that one more time. Let me. Yeah, so if you, I've always said, but I've said it blanket like, 
If you get help, if someone helps you, who cares what their motivation was for helping you, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I got mm. the help I needed. I got a, I got a meal today that I didn't have yesterday. It doesn't solve my problems. It's a nice, maybe it happens in micro doses like that, like micro situations <laughs> where, okay, yeah, that, that would ring true. In a macro sense, maybe it wouldn't at all. But in micro moments, like when Leanne gave that guy 20 bucks, and I'm not trying to make you sound like you're the savior, Leanne, but we were walking around during Christmas time. You just be like, well, all I have is a 20. You gave him a 20 bucks. You gave it to him. Who cares? That helped yeah. him in that moment. That was nice. Well, she wasn't trying to do I know Leanne. She definitely wasn't trying to be mm-hmm. a savior there in any way, mm-hmm. but it made a positive difference, if only temporarily. And I think person, what you're saying is that if I was doing it for the tax write-off, then who cares if that guy got a little bit of help? If If my reasoning why I did it wasn't true and from the heart and it was for some other ulterior motive, then what does it matter? But the reason, I think the biggest thing is when we see that the amount of money that is mostly taken from people, not taken, but given from people that really can't afford to be giving this money, but their their heart is in the place and they're doing it. And then you know that it's not going where, like you said, Mike, mm-hmm. you can take that $100 and instead of donating it to the the big mass breast cancer awareness thing and you can take that hundred dollars and you can help somebody that's going through chemo so then they can pay for their their cab ride there and all that kind of stuff it's going to go a lot further than where our money is going yeah that's the thing it's definitely like getting the money directly to people uh which is you know kind of the idea of mutual aid um the issue is with that is that if mutual aid organizations don't take it a step further and, and do some of that, in my opinion, you know, that teaching, you know, uh, about, uh, about like the circumstances that people exist within, um, mm-hmm. and like political education, then it just becomes a, a charity, albeit like a one that serves the need of, of people better. But when you really zoom out and you think about it, if no nonprofits existed, if no mutual aid organizations existed, people would be hurting even more than they are now. But people might, you know, once people hurt enough, they're going to fight back and they're, they're going to say like, I've had enough with this shit. And so putting the bandaid over things just kind of, you know, slows the bleeding. If, if someone was bleeding bad enough, they would, you know, they would get more help. They would they would do something about it. But since, you know, it's just kind of seeping out of the Band-Aid, they're like, ah, I'm not going to look. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Leanne, I so, hate to bring this up, but this actually is too apropos. We were talking about Goldilocks and the Three Bears over the weekend. <laughs> I brought it up at least twice because I was trying to get the right tip. Te- I was washing my hands and she was turning the faucets. I'm like, that's too hot. Too hot. Please turn that. You know, and she couldn't get it right. Third time she got it right. It was oddly enough. So it reminded me of Goldilocks and the Three that's Bears about right. the porridge. That's right. So what I am getting from you, Mike, is what you just said. Is that the powers that be, however, and it's not necessarily, it's not, you know, seven people. It's not seven Jews. We don't run the, all the banks in the world. Sorry, I don't know what people think about that, but I've heard that a billion times. Uh, that is not accurate. But there are enough power structures in place now where they 
have found the right balance that is just right to satiate enough people to help yeah. enough where they don't revolt or act out in mass because they because enough people are getting just enough help and that for them the people who get to live in the best life all the time we're talking generations of repetitive wealth and not even wealth just living a good life they found just the right amount to give people without you know giving enough or there might be meaningful change that's right. that's exactly how i read uh -huh. that mm -hmm. nailed it that's pretty wild and yeah. i i don't I don't disagree with you. And, and you know, unfortunately, people are going to listen to this and they're going to think that there's like a political bent to the show, which this is the hundred. This is what? Ninety sixth episode, Leanne? Something. Uh, Ninety four, ninety five. We don't have a, you know, I haven't. None of us have said what our political leanings are, you know, We're no about Ex liberating people. Exactly. We're trying to help people and providing them. <laughs> there's enough people in pain in large, large amounts, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions even. And, but people will listen to this. They will make inferences because of the way the propaganda machine works. It already sets up people to act out and respond. Like they hear buzzwords, they hear phrases, boom. We gotta, I know what that is. I know what you're trying to do to me. Like without us even saying the words right now, which is mm -hmm. very, very sad. But I think what you're doing is very noble and admirable. And I, it just, I mean, this is how I really feel inside. I don't talk about it enough on my own Twitter feed individually, frankly, and I probably should. I just, I try to, I guess I try to focus on like my experiences and give them to people. Cause I really hate telling people how to live too. Cause I really know how easily things would be taken the wrong way. Like, well, who are you to tell me how to live? You know, and I don't want to get into that shit at all. Cause I won't even do it, mm -mm. but, but I, I I like what you're saying. <laughs> I haven't heard a bad thing yet, in my opinion. I couldn't think you guys? You, you care. Couldn't you guys? This might be the first bad thing that you hear on this show. Um, uh -oh. so, but couldn't oh, no. you guys consider doing some sort of counseling that was with some of the higher ups that could actually make some kind of change and either be a divorce counselor because they like their wife is making them go to counseling or a business counselor or something and something needs to change. And that's where you start interjecting like, Hey, wake up. Here are the things that you could do that could actually make change in your business or in your community. Or in, am I just like Pollyanna? Well, if they have family members, they're not going to want things to change. They're going to agree with you and be like, yeah, you know what? You know how many people have sat through? I know some people that work at Capitol Hill, uh, now, not that I'm cool or anything, but they work in lobbying. And believe it or not, there's actually good lobbying. Like, not all lobbyists are evil corporation lobbyists. They're like, you know, oil know, and yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it exists. Believe it or not, there are people trying to like do meaningful, positive policy change for mental health and stuff like that on Capitol Hill. And it's a yeah, disaster. It's just like no, no. I'm so saying these people are banging their heads against the wall. I'm trying to give you what you're laying out there is how many meetings have happened, how many different occurrences have happened where people who have the means to maybe control levers of power a little bit more that could swing in the balance of helping a greater good have been like, I like what you're saying, and you know, I want to hear more. It's just a blow off. We already know what a blow off looks like and sounds like, and that's what you get. So. I love the idea, Lena. I think it's very sweet of you. I think that's what would happen. Like, you know, we'll get you in touch with my people. We'll try to set up another meeting soon. Well, you know, I like what I'm hearing. And then, like, next thing you know, it's been a year and a half. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's tough to deal with these people it's kind of i mean it's kind of like with the police you know it's like ah it's just a bad apple like we'll we'll get them and then they get them and then someone else dies it's like ah fuck well Mm -hmm. we'll get them and you know yeah yeah Uh, that actually reminds me of yeah a lot of the stuff you were saying when we i first kind of met you online and i I agree to that. I, I would have used different tax back then personally, but that's, I'm just saying, I, you were saying the right thing. There needed to be massive changes and it is a inherently, it's not a, it's not just a, it's not a racist system as so much as it's a system that is created a, <laughs> upon hiding the fact that you're acting and executing at racist policies. That's what makes it even more insidious because you don't realize it because it's, it's structural racism, right? Structural bigotry, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. as a rule of thumb, I think, uh, you know, reform, well, I guess abolition over reform, you know, um, as a whole is, is really the way to go because these, you know, these, these systems are, they're all, the foundation is all, you know, at worst racist or, you know, worse, I don't really know what's worse or biased, you know, towards the people who make them and who makes them. Violently murderous against People who are not white, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's the worst case. And yeah. we it, it got it leaked out. We were in a really radical moment there after George Floyd was killed. He was murdered, and people said defund the police. That became a national outcry. And I, as someone who's lived life a little bit longer, I was like, oh, is this really happening? Am I living in this world? And I actually did get excited for a minute, and then you know, then people yeah. So some other things were thrown around to make people panic and then there's like we can't defund, we need to reform and the next, next thing you know, nothing changed and it, nothing has changed. I thought it would get bad enough that, you know, I was like maybe this is it. Maybe this is the time. Not yet. No. Nope. There was a pandemic for a moment there where if it was a not to minimize the pandemic that we went through, but if it was a true like, you know, bubonic plague pandemic that wiped off a third of the people on a planet at a time that creates created a lot more hysteria and chaos all of that as a recipe for uh, change meaningful change would have been probably more realistic and now you know now we're just doing this show where i want to talk about all these things and i, I want to try to get back to a couple more things here before we wrap up because I, I, f- I find these things very fascinating but as a counselor now you're going to finish your work you're going to you're going to do what you need to do and then uh where does mental health go from here? How, it, my brother already asked that question, right? He's like, what can we do? What is the, the mm. avenue for you to make a difference in counseling? Uh, is there a future for mental health in this country that you see as meaning, it, enacting meaningful change for a great many people? I Yeah, I feel like I didn't answer a couple of the questions that were asked. Um, I think, uh, so one thing that you asked about was, and. I think this ties into uh, what you just asked. We'll see if I can get there. My, you know, my attention span is. Whew. I'm sorry, I'm jumping in too much too. Yeah, I'll, I'll go oh, ahead. Very good. Freely. Um, in terms of self care, and this is me, I guess, pontificating a little bit, getting on my little my little soapbox. Um, I there's this amazing person that I I was connected with. I haven't spoken with him, but. His name is Dr. Travis Heath. He works at, I think, the University of Denver or somewhere, some Denver school. He has a TED Talk called Communities of Care. And I love it because self-care, I mean, at this point, it's almost like I've heard it so much in my program. Like every 
class every semester we have to make a self-care plan and i'm like i'm not gonna use this and you know and so it's beautiful and there are multiple things that he talks about in that ted talk and i highly highly recommend it but one thing that he talks about is like you know it is so hyper individualistic that that we we self-care our way out of things um <clears throat> he has an anecdote i think about about this woman who had been struggling with her mental health so much and i think dr heath was like if you could um i don't remember what the the options were but if you could either have this or have your husband like change the the baby's diapers more like which one would you choose or like whatever and she's like oh have have my husband change the baby's diapers more and what we're asking people to do and this this gets at so much of what we're talking about today is to self-care our way out of all of this these these different mm -hmm. things that people are dealing with and it's like like for me uh man microsoft i signed up for a trial and i was like i'll remember to you know to unsubscribe i didn't microsoft just charged me like a hundred dollars i'm probably in the negative i haven't looked at my bank account but it's like how am i supposed to self-care like can i meditate my way out of out of you know uh uh whatever you call it when you go in the negative and then they charge you more for borrowing their money just get uh, a gig job man yeah <laughs> so it's asinine. We're asking people to 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 self care out of exploitation, and when you put it like that, you're like, "Fuck." So <laughs> that's kind of one thing. It's like communities of care. Um, I think all of this needs to needs to look more like helping each other out, um, because self care is really never self care. It's usually there's usually another person involved. Like going to therapy isn't self-care. It's you're you're getting care directly, you know, from someone. Going to getting a massage, that's not self-care. Mm -hmm. You're someone's, you know, putting their hands on you and, and rubbing you down. Um so I think it's really beautiful and I think there's a lot of of, of points that, that he makes in the video that I, I probably don't touch on, but I encourage people to watch it. So that's that's one thing. And I think that gets at what I think everything should look like, too, is that um, I think we should have more lay people who are trained in, you know, mental health. Um, we should all be able, we should all have the capacity. And that's that's one thing is a lot of people don't have the capacity. Again, capitalism. Um, we're all, you know. I think most people have have some bandwidth to be able to to support each other and we do we hold space for each other when when a boyfriend breaks up with us or you know uh, someone passes away um to have a more robust community system uh that's able to to support people through this especially during crises like i don't want the police to be dealing with with a mental health crisis they're they're not trained to do that and even if they were the foundation is to regress and to you know to stimmy whatever um 
that's not their role. I don't think that they should have a role really, but um, <laughs> um, really just more, more community um, based interventions, um, more people helping out each other, less, you know, less medication. It's, it's not easy. It's such a convoluted thing. And, and I think a lot of these issues would dissipate with, a better system so that's why it's just like i've been thinking about doing an ed for my political organization about like mental health under capitalism because they're way more intertwined than we talk about um and so i don't know yeah it's really weird to be in the space where i'm so passionate about these things and also i'm just like like, is this the best role for me? I don't know what that role is, but um, I think I answered that question. I think I tied yeah. them together. I think I made it. You did. You did, <laughs> you did a great job. You did a great job. I w one more thing here from Josh. Uh, if you were doing self-care, you would stay at home and talk to yourself. LOL. Yeah. Mental health is on each person to do the majority of the work, but a support system is also important. Mikey, would you agree? Yeah, I think... I think there is there is a point where under the system people do inevitably have to like <clears throat> people do have to do some of the work work which sucks because I I have friends who are just like so so depressed and have such low self-esteem and it makes me really fucking sad and I can't I can't community care their way through that they can't self-care their way through that and so there is a point of you know someone does have to take responsibility for their own life and it's really fucking hard when they've gone through a lot of trauma and and their mind and body have have taught themselves you know they've told themselves over and over again that they're worthless and that um you know that they're not that they're not worth anything and it's like that's a lot of, that's a lot to undo. Um, yeah. You know, if it's a 25 year old, it's like, that's 25 years of something that sells that fire together, wire together. If you're telling yourself that every day, um, <laughs> that synaptic connection is going to be stronger than, than any other, which I've struggled with a lot. Um, I think I've said before, I used to struggle really badly with suicidal ideations. Um, and those have gotten a lot better. Um, I've, I've gotten, you know, better strategies. Um, you know, it's kind of wild. Like I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an expert in mental health, but I'm more so than the layperson. And there were times in, you know, from 2016 to 2020, maybe, maybe 20, yeah, 2020, where it was like, I was scared of myself and I didn't know whether whether I would see the, you know, the next day or like at one point, am I going to become like a danger to myself? Um, so, you know, to like barely be hanging on at some points, even though this is like one of my biggest passions, it's just kind of like, how does anyone make it? Um, not to, you know, again, not to put myself on a pedestal, but, um, I should be able to adapt more than, more than most, mm -hmm. you know, with my, training and it is different you know when it's yourself but um 
man, I know, I know a lot of people with, with a lot of trauma and, um, it's, it's a really, really tough thing. It's, it's such, it's such a hurdle to overcome. We have a lot of hurting people, um, who then get beat down by all these systems. So, yeah. 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 I think you said it well, that's well said, Mikey. Thank you so much. This has been very honest conversation. We covered a lot of ground here in an hour and 10 minutes. I feel like there's much more to talk about, but that's just another reason to have him on again. Mm-hmm. Whenever that time comes. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to see. It's like, I get to watch you progress through your life. We check in in these stages. You were here one point and now you're here. And next thing you know, you'll be running your own organization and uh, you'll have pamphlets that you'll pre email to us prior to. <laughs> I'm going to have like a Stalin tattoo on my forehead <laughs> next time. We'll see. <laughs> ah, that would be so funny. Yeah. Wasn't a good guy either. So yeah, that didn't work out, but yeah, that, you know, communism didn't work out over the, you know, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, socialism, communism are different too, by the way, folks, just letting you know, uh, you True. guys should do some of your own research. If you're not familiar with how mental health works within a structure, a society, look back through history, check it out, see what you will find and it's frighteningly little really there's still so much that hasn't been uncovered about where we came from when it comes to attending our own insides here in the head because we this is something that's been starting to although it hasn't just starting to happen there's you go back thousands of years when people took care of themselves uh, buddhism and uh, yoga and stuff like that was already working on the spiritual which that's the problem is people also disconnect spiritual and mental health. And we also divide the health, physical and mental, et cetera. You know, yeah. you know what I'm talking so, about. They're so intertwined. It's, yeah, man. I was actually thinking about it, you know, not to keep us going the other day, but I, I think I was brushing my teeth the other day. And <laughs> this is Congratulations. such a funny <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, it would be so sad if I died because I feel like I have so much to learn, you know, like, yes. Oh man. You know, I hear about kids or, or young adults who pass away and I'm like, oh, there's so much knowledge that, you know, not that knowledge is everything, but just like so much love to experience and, and things to learn and people to meet. Um, you know, I always feel so much better after talking to you too. We oh. love you, man. I'm so That's happy. Right. When I couldn't get on earlier, I was like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Like I put it on my phone on Facebook. I was like, I need to at least listen to him. And so, yeah, no, it's awesome. If you wouldn't have got on, I would have just, we would have booted Mike off for the next podcast and, and it would have just been us two. It would have been great. Perfect. <laughs> Fine by me. Yeah. You guys do your thing. I don't want to interfere. Um, no, I well, we've it. had Mikey on. It's been great having you here. Uh, what else can I say? I hope you guys took something from this because... I thought this was very thought provoking and thinking about not just your mental health, but the constructs that your mental health is defined through who comes up with this stuff. Where does it come from? You should really have as much knowledge as possible about the lineage and the historical background of everything that you encounter. And if you put stock into it, that's another reason to consider how important it can be to your own well-being and to the well-being of others. And on the show, we're trying to help everybody as much as we can. So I think this show did that as well as anybody in terms of the wisdom and the knowledge. So we thank Mikey so much. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. If you, Oh, uh, Aaron says you're all the best. Uh, three of my favorite brains. Thank you, Aaron. Yes. <laughs> I, I promise. Real quick. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Please do. I want to say, Aaron, you can stop, you know, kissing up. We will hang out. I promise. <laughs> He's, doing that. He's like, so. I think she might be the reason why we're going to meet up. Yeah. 
yeah. I'll make it happen, Aaron. <laughs> Go ahead, Mikey. I can't wait to hear about that. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, to plug real quick because, you know, I am like affiliated with uh, like a Filipino political organization. Um, it's about the PHRA. Um, the so the U.S. government has man, I really I really feel like I have a tinfoil hat on now, but this is real. Um, uh, the, the U.S. government has given like hundreds of millions of dollars to the Philippine government in order to because it is like a puppet regime over in the philippines and so um basically to to stimmy uh the philippine people um because i'm trying to remember the the percentage but the vast vast majority it's either 75 percent or 90 percent of the population in the philippines they're either peasants or workers um and the philippines is using this to to target different volunteers and community workers and teachers in um especially in spe specific regions uh so there are lumad people who are are being murdered right now and um there's a group called the new bataan five who um you know essentially the uh and sorry to end on this note but the the, Phil the philippine military um they went in and massacred them and then you know planted stuff on planted stuff on them and and made it come across like it was a firefight and that they're in the new people's army and so um you know the autopsy reports came out and they you know content warning like they did really really horrible things to their bodies um you know severing of limbs and reattaching them with with tape and I, you know, I won't go into it any further, but it's, yeah, it's a reason. Make Leanne to, cry, so. Yeah. Sorry, Leanne. It's okay. um, it's, it's, it's a reason to, you know, to, to support the, the PHRA, um, to pass the PHRA, which would limit, uh, funding to the Philippines, um, you know, unless they kind of met this, this certain criteria. So there's that. And there's also, you know, to, to vote Lenny Kiko. So, um, feel free, you know, to, to look into it, but, um, yeah, I just want to say, you know, justice for new Bataan five. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'll drop this in the live chat here. This is just one link, uh, but it's at least a beginning spot for you to go into and, uh, human rights. Dot yeah. org for Filipino human rights act. It's, uh, yeah. Conditions are really, really bad in the Philippines and, um, I would be remiss if, you know, if I wasn't the, the elections in, in less than a month. So I would be remiss if I wasn't talking about things and, and, you know, Absolutely. every opportunity that I get. So Absolutely. as you should, you have a purpose and you have a people and you have a belonging and a sex of oh, justice too. That's if you could find a sense of justice in what you're doing as well, that is mm -hmm. legitimate. That's even more powerful in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Leanne just gets she can't handle life, so she tries to. Just it's can't. not her fault. She just me either, very, man. Uh, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh I live God. in this stuff. I'll read this stuff, and I won't shed a tear. Not because it's not sad. I'll just this is trauma. What, this is the world we live in. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not. I'm not surprised. It doesn't mean I'm validating it by any means. Right. Of course, it's yeah. terrible and awful. So. Right. Well, thank you for sharing that because yes. that's something meaningful. We don't want to end on a hey. All right, everybody, well, yeah. have a good night. Yeah, this, this is what I'm. You know, when I'm not in school, when I'm not here, when I'm not writing about baseball, this is you know, this is the kind of stuff that I'm doing on the side. So, wow. um, well, yeah, I have I, even I, more I, respect I, for you. Watch me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, appreciate it, Kel. Incredible young man. Back.
<laughs> well, please follow Mike on Twitter. It's uh, underscore Kuya, K-U-I-A, Mikey. Kuya, Mikey, K U. Oh, did I say I? Oh, my God, I'm spacing yeah, out. You're good, you're good. I'm just kidding. Kuya, K-U-Y-A, K-U-Y-A-M-I-K-E-Y. Follow him, and uh, if you have further questions, I'm sure he'll probably answer them, but you can DM him. But you have to follow him, too. Remember, he has strict Twitter rules now. So True. I won't see just, it. Or you can DM that's him. That's right. But... Exactly. So start there, and don't be cruel. That's always a good yeah. slogan for us. Uh, I guess Elvis got that one right. Don't be cruel. So, <laughs> got a lot of other things wrong, so... Seem to be cruel. Elvis actually could have learned from himself. He was very cruel to himself. Maybe he didn't really take that lesson in. So, uh, anyways, uh, me and Leanne will be back next week. We'll do another show. Uh, Leanne, we got the book club rolling along with uh, "Untamed" by Glennon Doyle, which is pretty good. I, you know, these books you never know. I, I'm so sorry, Mikey. Uh, I and I regretted this. I talked about it on air, but we did White Fragility a couple years ago, and I didn't realize how terrible a book it was until after the fact. And, you know, which I came clean on that so. I, in fairness in 2020 i was recommending it to people and i hadn't read it ah, okay I, good know, then you're just like us <laughs> of it. But yeah it's it's really the same it's the same issue as it's it's uh i mean it's whitewashing thing it's it's hyper individualistic it's kind of reform over and it's insidious with her background of who she was and what she was doing yeah. that was the that was and like if you understand what that was then you know exactly what mikey was talking about this whole show and a white woman making that like millions of dollars off of that it's like it's not a good look. So classic hey, America. We definitely learn. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You just listen to the New York Times bestsellers list. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's you something know. I would avoid <laughs> as well. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we do good stuff. And, you know, we've had some great books. I mean, I thought the Matthew McConaughey book, which was just him talking about his life, was actually highly uh, inspiring at times. So you never know what a book will offer. And this one, Untamed by Glennon Doyle, she's just talking raw about, you know, stuff that happened in her life and how she found a better way forward to be her true self outwardly. And that, that's what's, I dig that kind of stuff. She also talks about addiction and recovery and stuff. And I, I found a lot of uh, connection with her in this book so far. So if you want to join us Monday nights, 8 PM Eastern time, we have a zoom link we can share with you. Just email the show first day pod at gmail.com. That's I, it. Believe, I really do. I'm just going to say one last thing about that book club because it doesn't matter what book we have. It's the conversation that happens during that hour that really is. Very tight uh, an hour. That It is. Start on time, end on time. That's right. <laughs> but it is, it's that conversation because there. I don't think we've had one book that everybody has just agreed and been like, oh, yes, that's the book. Everybody <laughs> has had like, no, I don't agree with this. Mm. I don't agree with that. And so the conversation that's happening in that room is really, really inspiring and really, um, it's really good. So. Yeah, there are people we didn't know. We didn't know each other for the most part until we started doing it. And we have like 10 people that are there all the time. And yeah, we ripped on the last book. The Ariana Huffington book was terrible. (laughs) Surprisingly. Mikey. Okay. All right. Thanks, Mikey. We love you, man. Take care of yourself. Whatever we can do to support you, uh, just keep us updated on stuff. And we'll try to share it on the show too, okay? You know what? Thank y'all. We love you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for the First Day Podcast. 